Can't Knock This is brought to you by Viserys. Univar ES is now Viserys, the pest control distributor making a positive impact on young businesses. Along with the broad product portfolio of top brands, we offer exclusives like the Intucare Mosquito Trap. And with resources like Pro Training, Inventory Manager, and PestWeb, and over 65 locations nationwide, we provide the products and insights to grow your business. Visit go.viserys.com slash knock this to learn more. All right, everybody, this is Sam Taggart with the DDD Podcast, and I'm just doing this one freestyle solo myself. I wanted to do a couple updates uh, before I dive in. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the four stages of development, and I'm going to be, st- I'm, I'm going to be talking about how uh, salespeople become top performers and then why some salespeople have a good two, three, four, five-year sprint, and then they kind of phase out. Like, what, What's the psychology there? And if you're that rep that maybe you're like, this is my last year, I don't know if I can you know, do this much longer, then this might be uh, you know, a, a great podcast for you. If you have reps that are kind of getting burnt out or maybe in a sales slump, this might be a great podcast for you. So before I, before I dive into that, I want to go over a couple big announcements. So first off, Door-to-Door Con is January 7th, 8th, and 9th. So the 7th is going to be a mastermind day. And also, a new thing we're adding to the seventh is a three-on-three basketball tournament. So we're going to be basically um, taking a, a bracket where, where teams can buy into these uh, the tournament, and it's going to be where we can kind of put on the boxing gloves. I know this is a competitive industry, so I figured why not give an opportunity to compete? And so that's kind of a new thing we're adding to Door to Orcon this year, so we're super excited for that. And then another thing is we're going to be adding uh, new awards. So there's a lot of awards at Door-to-Door Con. Obviously, you have each industry has a golden door. So those that are new, obviously, have never been to Door-to-Door Con, um, the golden door is kind of the main award that we give out every year. And it's something that a lot of reps are chasing for this year. So if you're on track, hit me up. Let me know if you have a big week, a big day. Um, I'll give you a big shout out on the Instagram. Uh, those that follow D2D experts. I uh, just had a, a guy hit 31 alarms last week and give him a shout out, a good friend of mine. So that's, that, that's a big week. So um, anyway, so for me, Golden Door is kind of the main, obviously, staple award that we've given out every year. So if you're doing solar, it's a hundred installs. These got to be installed deals or a megawatt. Um, if you're in pest control, it's a thousand pest control serviced or 550,000 in contract value. If you're in roofs, it's 200 residential or 2.5 uh, million in residential and not, you know, we have to exclude all your commercial builds. Uh, if you're in alarms, it's 400. If you're in, uh, phones, it's a thousand. If you're in, uh, satellite, it's 600. If you're in, um, a couple other industries I'm missing anyway. So other industries have their own thing. If there's an industry out there, so a thousand for internet, Oh, internet, it's a thousand. If there's an industry that I'm missing and you're like, Hey, there needs to be this. Let me know. There's a few people this year that are on track for double golden doors in multi-services. So they're doing like alarms and solar or roofs and solar. And so I'm, I'm actually excited to see, you know, a few different people kind of setting new records this year. We have a couple of people on track to break industry records. Uh, so I think this is just an opportunity for everybody to kind of level up. Uh, but on, on top of that, we're adding a new awards and these will be people's choice awards. So they'll be, you'll have to go get nominated um, and you'll also have to kind of promote whether you think you're the best manager, best companies, um, best leadership growth, 
um, just some kind of unique awards like that. So I'll be announcing those kind of here in the fall and how you can win those and how, you know, I want to make sure that the right people do, but obviously that's going to be super controversial based on, you know, industry, based on team, based on whatever. But I think that it'll be kind of cool to start highlighting the leaders. We're also going to be uh, putting out a Hall of Fame this year. So uh, the Hall of Fame are going to be basically nominated individuals that have been in the industry for 10 years plus, that have been staples, icons, and big companies, little companies, and have made a big difference to thousands of reps. There's a lot of you know icon people that kind of pioneered the door-to-door space, uh, you know, have, have built big companies, and then a lot of little companies maybe have stemmed from that, but have had a big impact on you know our industry. And so we want to recognize those kind of people in in what we're going to be calling like the Hall of Fame. So that's that's super exciting this year. Um, anyway, speakers still going to keep that a secret until we kind of nail down a few of them, but we're definitely taking recommendations. There's a few that I was kind of bummed that they weren't available. Um, like David Goggins can do it this year. Uh, but we have, we have a couple of cool people in the pipe. So, um, anyway, so I just want to give a big update on DoorDoorCon vendor opportunities. So tickets are on sale right now, early bird, uh, ticket prices have gone up this year. Uh, we just figured, Hey, if it's something that means something to you, come, if it's something that doesn't mean something to you and you're going to, you know, complain about a ticket price and you can't afford 250 bucks, then great. Don't come <laughs> like for us, we add an extreme amount of value all year. Um, and for us, we know that the event it reciprocates a ton of value for everybody that's gone every year and probably can attest to that. If this is your first year, it's the feedback I get. They're like, why aren't you charging $1,000 for the ticket? Um, for me, I want to make it a, a resource for any first year rep, second year, you know, guys that aren't crushing to be able to still attend and for managers to be able to buy a bundle of five or a bundle of 10 tickets for their team. So now you can buy bundles. There's discount pricing. If you want to buy a bundle of five or a bundle of 10, you can get your tickets a little cheaper. Um, and so let's dive into the podcast. I don't want to promote DDCon too much, but I, I do want to do want to put there. It, we are having it live. It's not a virtual event. Uh, so hopefully the salt palace doesn't shut us down, but for right now it's good. It's booked and, uh, January 7th to the 8th or 8th and 9th, if you're just coming to general admission. So anyway, um, today I'm going to be talking on, um, something really cool. So I'm reading a book called the fearless mind, um, by a buddy of mine, Craig Manning. He spoke, um, two years ago at door to door con and he's a personal, uh, or a sports psychologist and he coaches, um, Olympic athletes. He's he's coached a lot of people. So he's coming to our mastermind event in July and in Zion where we're repelling with him and stuff like that. So anyway, we figured we'd make that the book of the month for the mastermind group that we run, the circle. And um, anyway, so there's a part in there where he talks about the four stages or three stages of development. Then he kind of adds a fourth. And I wanted to speak to that, but make it sales rep related and and put it in terms of like us as salespeople. So a lot of times people in sales, the first phase of, of development is the growth phase. And there's two types of people in, in, in any success. And there's task, there's task oriented people and there's ego oriented people. And so the ego oriented people are ones that focus on outcomes. They focus on the external recognition that comes from what they're doing. Right. So it's like the accolades, the prizes, the, the numbers boards and you know, I think a lot of people in sales are very ego oriented. They're very competitive. They're very, you know, what's that guy doing in comparison to me? And the task oriented person is somebody that's a, a lot more 
involved in what are they doing consistently to to get better to develop and they're much more all about the consistency they're all about you know how he, how he kind of puts it i'll kind of read out of the book a few times so if you're if you're listening a tax a task oriented people have a have approach tendencies they play to win they play because comp- competition is fun and enjoyable they enjoy seeing what they can do under pressure uh, they seem to stay very focused on the present hence the experience fewer signs of fear uh, whatever's in the past has already been done. I'm trying to do the best where I can, where I can here and now. And if I start thinking of what I've done in the past, I'll forget about hitting a nice high shape two iron. Um, you know, that was a quote from Tiger Woods. So a task oriented person, they want to win, but they're, they're super in the present. They're not in the accolades of last year. You know, a lot of people in, in door to door sales are like, yeah, I had a killer year last year. I was a top rep one year. Um, and then the next year they suck or the next year they're not doing that great. So Tim Grover talks about the difference between, closers and cleaners and he's like yeah a closer wins a championship a cleaner wins championships every year um and so it's interesting the difference between this task and ego so in in, in the phase one it's all about kind of more so task focus where it's like i, I want to win i'm competing I'm, I'm i'm it's a big growth phase like i'm learning a new skill so a lot of people they're like this is the first year it's mid-june and they're they're kind of getting their stride they're like okay i figured out sales i think i you know i'm not going to quit i'm not going to go home this is my job and they they get into this rhythm and they they've seen a big growth maybe from when they first started where they had no idea about sales or they you know they were making no money doing it now they're finally starting to make some money and then what happens is they move into phase two where it's more so the um, outcome phase it's 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 really geared around how do we compare in comparison to other peers in our office? And as sales individuals, you know, a lot of times I, I got a DM and this is where this podcast really stems from. So I, I can't even remember who sent it to me. I get hit up on Instagram quite a bit where people are like, hey, I'm dealing with anxiety or I'm dealing with this. And one of the things was he was really struggling with a lot of the reps in his office were performing more than him. And he's somebody that had been doing this longer and he's had first year reps passing him up and it was seeming to bug him quite a bit. And so if, uh, that's, if you're that veteran that's getting kind of thrown down on by the new guys, this is, this is for you. So, you know, and I, I kind of responded to him. I was like, why, like, why is it bugging to you? Like, why is it bugging you? And, and it, and it, and it has to do back with this ego or oriented kind of individual. So a rep that's looking at this, like, okay, I am only playing the game to compare myself to those around me, whether they're first years or veterans. You know, I had a girl call me, I, Stan, my buddy. Um, so if you're listening to this, shout out. So he hits me up on Facebook Messenger two days ago and he's with one of his reps and she it's her, it's her first year. And he's like, I'm sitting here with one of my reps and you know, he's like, what, 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 what's one piece of advice you'd give her? And I asked her, I was like, is it, is it your first year? And, and she's like, yeah. And I said, my one piece of advice is, just because it's your first year doesn't mean you should size up against all the other first year reps. Size up against the top reps, the the veteran reps. And it goes back to this whole ego oriented. It's like, you're just trying to do your best in comparison to everyone else that's first year reps or a veteran. You're doing your best in comparison to the other veterans in your office. Um, And it's all ego based and it's, can I win or can I not win? And so this, this stage, this growth stage, or not the growth stage, it's not so much growth, but it's more like just playing to win, but for the accolades. 
And did I win the competitions? Have I been top of the numbers board? Whatever that looks like. And what happens though, is just like in a race. So if I were to like, let's say go run a marathon, um, I just got into running, right? And you know, I'm learning running, like it's new and exciting for me. I'm learning biking right now. It's new and exciting for me. But if I were to go keep racing in competitions and keep coming up 20th, 70th, 150th out of 300, what happens is I become more accustomed to losing. Because if you were to look, one out of 300 actually wins. So it's more common that we're losing in this job than winning. Um, there's only one top rep in your office. There's only one top rep at your company. And so often we, you know, maybe we beat them one day, but most days we're not winning in, in comparison. So what happens is we start to lose that hunger. We start to lose that drive. We start to say, okay, I've obviously hit this growth phase. I've obviously learned sales. Now I'm not winning. So maybe it's not for me. And so a part in here that I really like that he said, so I'm just going to kind of read this as he says, you know, it, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to take some stuff out of this book because it really hits me. So it, 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 he says, look, during the third stage of development, growth is stopped completely. At this stage, individuals become so frustrated with their perceived lack of success that they quit. This quitting isn't usually a dramatic event. And this is the part that I, that I want to forewarn everybody right now. So this is June. This is maybe your first 10th summer. It doesn't matter. I want to ask yourself this question right now. So he says, it's not necessarily a dramatic event, although it can be. It usually takes a form of subtle choices and actions to not pursue dreams anymore. At times, we may continue on the same path we have been on, not wanting to admit to others or even ourselves that we have lost hope, going through the motions without our original enthusiasm and commitment. Um, and I have been there. I, mem I, I remember it was my third summer um, and I was like, this is terrible. I, I don't love this job. I hate the doors. I hate the heat. I hate, you know, missing all my family reunions. I hate not having to go to that. You know, my friends are all going to Lake Powell and I'm here just not a day off. And, you know, I got in this mindset of, I like kind of lost the enthusiasm and I was finishing, you know, I was finishing the top 10 in the company. It's not that it wasn't bad. It was, um, I just, did, I wasn't the best and it was eating at me. And, you know, it took a lot of like soul work and mental work to overcome this whole, like almost pushing myself to quit. And the next year I actually made less money. So then it was like a double whammy. So in this job, a lot of times we get in this mindset of if I made less money than I did the year before, I should quit. I'm not winning. I I'm, I'm, I'm fading out. I'm not good at this, but it's like, you know, I, I let's just use simple math. If you make, let's say 200,000 and you're a 21 year old kid and the next year you made 170,000 and you're a 22 year old kid. The problem is, is that kid goes out there and he's like, Oh, I'm just, you know, I don't have it. And I'm like, okay, let's say you're a 23 year old kid. Now go get a job where you're going to make 160,000, which is less. Right. And I think even, even though you can make great money and even though you're succeeding in this job, you, you, you can, get into this ego oriented mode and you can start to get frustrated with your result and that's where you'll kind of check out and then there's that individual that maybe checked out three years ago and they're like i don't want to do this job i hit this job and then still three years in they're still doing it and i look at professionals in in a lot of different industries and i'm not saying quit door to door i'm just saying i find a lot of people have already quit in their mind and then their results are going to start to follow and and their heart isn't there and they've lost that enthusiasm.
And, and this is what is the biggest impediment to success. And this is what creates sales slumps. This is what creates this frustration. So I, I get a lot of times where people are like, man, I just lost my mojo. I can't, I can't seem to perform. And I go, I think the problem is, is you need to resell yourself on the job. And they go, what do you mean? And I was like, you got to resell yourself on why you're doing this job. Why do you think I have a t-shirt at door to door con every year where I'm, I'm literally like pounding our chest and I'm saying, I knock doors. It's, I'm trying to reinforce this behavior of like, this job is awesome. You should be proud of this job. This is like, take some, some pride in what you do and realize every job has its challenges. Every job is going to suck. I don't care if you're flipping burgers, you're still in the hot freaking grill flipping burgers and people are looking at you weird, even though you're, you know, it's, it's, it's cush, you, you know, certain hours you get paid certain hourly this job, you never know what you're going to get paid. Right. And so I, I think a lot of people, they start to look at the negative of the job instead of look at the positive where I don't know any other careers where you could literally travel for a month. You go to ball, you can make $5,000 in a day, $10,000, $20,000 in a day. I had a guy hit me up on Instagram today. He goes, Hey, I, I used to be in door to door. Where's a place I could go in four weeks and make the most amount of money. I go, you realize that he could make more money in four weeks than he's probably making now in his full-time career. And he knows that. And so he's like, Hey, I've got a four week stint. Can I go make, where can I go make the most money in four weeks? And it's like school teachers. It's like, they make 40 grand a year. They could go out in the summer and double their income. It's like, where, where else could you go do that? And what's interesting is, um, I think a lot of people, really fade out of this job because of the frustration and maybe some of the results. So the last stage, and I'm going to kind of move into this because this is the part that is kind of the answer is he calls it the correct path. The correct path is where you can focus on task oriented things. And it's basically a stage of development. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm just going to read it. The researchers that coined the development stages didn't give the stage a name. I can't call it the fourth stage because it's it's a divergent path. It doesn't fall from the third stage in any way. If I had to say when this stage starts, I'd say it begins somewhere after the first stage and before the second stage. So it's the, it's the path where you're in this development mode and you don't peek out and stop development. You keep this development mode going, but you switch the, you switch the switch to where you're like, oh, I am committed to a journey of mastery. So he says this stage of development or the correct path is rooted in what researchers contend is where only a few of us improve for years, even decades, and go on to greatness. It's the path chosen by those who stay focused on task-oriented objectives and who never become corrupted by the expectations and static surroundings surrounding them. This path has no finish line. The focus is always on the journey and perpetual learning from each situation. And it's so funny. So I, 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 uh, I have an online university where you know, thousands and thousands of people have been through that. And a lot of people, they say, okay, cool, I'm going to do it once. And then they never log in again. I get to literally see when people log in and when they don't, how much they're engaging, it has all the analytics. And the difference is, hey, I, I check, I completed it, I went through the university versus those that are really succeeding with it are, are saying, check, I went through the university every day for 20 minutes. And it's not a destination. It's like, I didn't complete it. It's like, what am I reading? Like so many people read a book and they go, what am I, I, I read the book. And I go, well, what'd you learn? And they're like, well, I don't know. I just read the book. And I'm like, well, th what was the point of reading the book? When I read a book, I'm very meticulous about note taking. I'm saying, how can I take this principle I read today and, and apply it to a, 
like something I'm going to teach in a meeting or something I'm going to teach in a training or a speech or something like that. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually consume and become a student of continual learning. And so for me, it's all about how do I get on this path to mastery? And in door-to-door sales, a lot of people, they think I'm just doing this for two, three years through school. So why would I become the master? I'm just going to do this one more year. So why would I become the master? And that becomes your impediment to actual greatness is if you just, whether you did this forever or not, if you stayed on this path of I'm still journey to mastery and I could have been doing this 10 years, 15 years or four months and you don't get into the stride of I learned it, now I'm going to keep going. And that's where this is going to cause a massive burnout is because you're going to get frustrated with your growth stopping and you're going to hit your stride, but that stride's going to get ugly in a minute and you're, you're going to eventually fade out and burn out and die. Like not die you know, obviously not going to the ground, but like die in this industry. And I think, you know, if, if, if you disagree or whatever, I want to hear people's thoughts. So maybe comment, but you know, they, they say something at the very end that I, that, that hits me really hard. It says in contrast, ego oriented behavior attributes success and failure to self-worth. When ego oriented individuals win, they think more of themselves. When they lose, they think less of themselves. Self-worth becomes very fragile and is dependent on outcome when the outcome is often not within the direct control of the individual. Therefore, one's self-worth is contingent on variables outside one's immediate control, resulting in a significant rise in anxiety. Simply put, ego-oriented individuals put their happiness in the hands of others, resulting in unstable frames of mind and ups and downs in performance. And so if you look at sales and you just say, hey, I'm going to win the day and hit my goal, well, maybe you consistently don't hit your goal, so then you start to to lose this self-worth, right? And you start getting this office culture like beating down on you and then it almost becomes worse and then you get more anxiety and then you get more beat up and then you're, you know, you're in this downward spiral because you're so dependent on the love and appreciation and, and, and worth of others, right? And, and them giving it to you. And so my invitation would be to check yourself and say, what am I, what am I gaining all of this recognition from? What am I, what am I learning? What am I, What's my goal from this job? Is it just to, you know, go perform as, as equivalent to everybody else? Is it to outperform everybody? Is it, it, does it care? Do I care what everybody's doing? Is it to do my very best? Is it to, to figure out what my journey of salesmanship is? Is it to figure out what my true potential is in this industry? And it doesn't really matter what everybody's doing. And I'm going to focus on the things that I can control, the hours I work, the attitude I have, the amount of, the amount of time and energy I study, the practice I do, the time on and off the doors, the mental work, the men, like the self-care, the physical work. Um, all those things, and you, you, you treat it like a sport. You say, I'm going to become a professional at this and get obsessed. And it's not because I want to be on the numbers board, but it's because I chose to do this job. I committed to this job. And if I commit to something, might as well be damn good at it. And that would be my advice. And, you know, from a few people reaching out this last week, it stemmed this whole podcast. And so I wanted to share these things with you guys. Um, and I hope everybody's out there crushing. I hope everybody's, you know, got their head held high you know, proud of what they're doing, doing it with honor and integrity. And, you know, I love hearing these stories. So keep it up. A um, couple other things. I got a boot camp coming up July 24th and 25th for any business owners that need some help with recruiting and and mastermind, like masterminding kind of how to structure their sales teams and things like that. Um, so that's kind of our next event coming up, July 24th and 25th. Uh, we have another one in August. So just hit me up about that and uh, much love. Appreciate you guys listening. Please share this or or leave a review. We really appreciate the reviews. It helps us 
um, and get some feedback. So thanks, guys. See ya.